you can easily miss Jamaican parenting. My dad used to write letters to me. I threw them all away thinking he was a fool. What would I do to read one today? In 2017, Gary V said anchor was something he was tasting. Being a Vaniac at the time, I tasted also. Now over 12,000 listens later, I am still here. Seems someone wants to listen to me blab about my Mesozoic faith, family business, and feeble attempt at manliness. Like anchor, changing. Betting on the platform being around to memorialize all Anchorians. Anchor is my dictaphone. And rather than hoard my thoughts alone, the fool's purpose <laughs> is now to repeat my dad's letters. Maybe someone will avoid my fetters by just listening. Really listening. Losing the grip of doubt. Think and hear from Turn to Burn of FamilyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We're continuing on another divine download. This one is focusing on loosing the grip of doubt and divine downloads is famtifamily.com's biblical muse for the confused and we are well we're grateful that you are here with us today this divine download is focusing on the issue of doubt and uh, we're going through very very troubling times with the covid pandemic racial racial issues still gripping our land in in, the, in america we have the elections that are coming up in another couple of months time and we see people going through a lot of doubt as to what what they should do in terms of voting and of course as males leaders in our family we have to address doubt in terms of those of us especially those of us who might be unemployed at this time and doubting the directions in which we should go we are Touching in the, the Bible at Daniel 5, chapter 11 to 12, we're going to get into that a little bit later. And we are again seeing that spiritual doubt is seen biblically as a kind of anaconda, spiritual anaconda that grips you tighter and tighter the more that you struggle. So how do we address an anaconda? How do we address this beast that we cannot struggle with it? But it is taking our life away in terms of doubts about our family, about our marriage, doubts about business, doubts about our profession, doubts about your physical fitness and your health, doubts about your romance, doubts about your communication, uh, doubts about your priestcraft and how, how, what, what, you, what are you doing with your relationship with God. All of these doubts combine into one big anaconda around our neck, sometimes around our ribs, and restricts us in our freedom and restricts our mobility. So how can we address doubt and be effective in our families, in our communities, amidst the presence of doubt? 
Now let's be clear that some caution is good and we can distance spiritual caution from demonic doubt by screening our choices to God's will. And we went through God's will in the Clement Peter, the Clement Peter principles a couple of years ago. And we want to look at the choices against God's love. How does this choice show the, the love of God? How does this choice promote eternal life? How does our choice and any doubt that's associated, how is that related to salvation? How does our doubt or the caution uh, relate to the worship of God, the soul worship of God, abundant life? How does our choice reflect repentance or mastery of the flesh, perfection, thanksgiving, etc.? And we went through these principles in Clement Peter a couple of years ago. So we're saying that if it is, we can look and there can be spiritual caution. If, for example, you're making, you're doubting a particular choice of whether you should move to another another location with your family, another resident, another, another state, and your wife has already showed you that they would not be loving at this time to uproot your, your children, even though you might be getting more money somewhere else and uh, you could look at okay your doubt based on how loving the the, the choices at this time and uh, those are things that we can help you to walk through in terms of doubt now once you've seen that this is not really caution which is really doubt god's will is telling you that you should make this choice and now you don't have faith in God's will for your life we are now into the element of of doubt doubt is where we go against God's will for our life anything not of faith is sin so doubt is a sin because doubt is the opposite of faith Daniel was called a dissolver of doubt and dissolver here in the Hebrew seems to speak to unraveling and loosening doubt and we're just going to touch quickly in daniel 5 from verses 7 to about verse 13 daniel 5 7 says then sorry the king cried aloud and the king here is a king called belteshazzar uh, belshazzar sorry and he said bring in the astrologers the chaldeans and the soothsayers and the, and the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the, wise, the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever, let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father, his father Nebuchadnezzar, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. 
whom the king Nebuchadnezzar thy father, the king I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpretation of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou Daniel, which are of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? And it continues. And in verse 16 he says, I have heard of thee, this is Belshazzar, that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold, etc. And it continues. So that is the, the, the biblical reference that we are getting this issue of how, how, God addresses doubt in his people and doubt that affects his people. And we encourage you to look at that story a little bit more to see the background or the, the context of that. So Daniel was called a dissolver, unraveler, loosener of doubt in Daniel 5.12. As he was empowered by Yahweh Elohim's spirit, Yahweh Elohim here speaks to the father of Jesus Christ, the one who said, let there be light to absolutely nothing and there was light in Genesis 1 and Daniel 5.11 tells us that the power of God, the spirit of God empowers him to dissolve doubt and the power of God if God is in your life, if you're a messianic male, meaning a male that leads his family, makes choices based on the spirit of God, the, the essence of God based on the, the, the personality and life force of God operating in him that man and that human, to, to extend this to, to, to women, except your children, are able, is able to remove the grip of doubt from our neck, from our families, from our situations. Now it is taught that Christ cannot operate where there is doubt, citing St. Mark 6 verse 5 and St. Matthew 13 58. Psalm 78 verse 41 says that the Holy One, Jesus Christ can be limited within the context of a prophet, an ancient prophet called Asaph, reminding the Hebrews of how their ancestors tore to pieces, grieved, and restricted Yahweh in their exodus from Egypt. When you read through Numbers, etc., we see that story, the consistent rebellion and doubting of Yahweh, despite his, 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 his significantly revealed power to them. Now, sin is the utmost limiting factor on Yahweh, as the disastrous outcomes on earth declare. And that means it's limited in the life of the sinner. God is good, and where even nano-evil is on just one square inch of earth, that grieves and limits God's operation. God is unchanging. See Psalm 55, 19, Hebrews 13, 8. So this means he, Yahweh, always has power to impact and to change circumstances. 
He clearly teaches that He, Yahweh, will operate favorably where we love and fear or respect Him. See Deuteronomy 6, 1-3, Deuteronomy 28, 1-3, and Deuteronomy 28, 15, etc. The principle seems that we limit Yahweh operating favorably in our lives where we sin, and sin is where we break His law, and His law is centered about love. Sin also is where we rebel against God's will for our life, etc. Now, doubt is sin, see Romans 14, 23. However, as God, as Yahweh, the first person of the Godhead, He, Yahweh, conquers doubt as all things are possible with Him, see Matthew 19, 26. Romans 3, 3-4 says, God is faithful despite our unbelief. Matthew 14.31 teaches that Christ operated despite the doubt of his disciples. So whilst Christ can be grieved and quenched by doubt in our lives, he also overcomes doubt and still operates. In fact, Matthew 17.20 says that it's more so the quote-unquote believers, not the afflicted persons, unbelief that limits divine operation. So we understand that we are learning from Matthew 17.20 that a believer can overcome even someone's doubt that let's say you're praying for a situation or a person, uh, a person has a drug addiction or a pornographic addiction and that person, you're praying with this person, they really don't believe that they can break this addiction through prayer. But you as the believer, let's say your son has this addiction or your wife or your daughter and you're praying and your wife or daughter, son, whoever is the afflicted person, does not believe what you believe. Matthew 17, 20 tells us that our faith can overcome the doubt of the person that we might be praying with or trying to influence. Christ operates even where he is mocked as there were various instances where he was laughed to scorn and still operated. So mockery, we're saying, is even a worse, a worse form of doubt than just regular doubt because here now you are belittling the person's faith where you mock them. In those situations of mockery, Christ usually removed the mockers from him and so mockers simply excuse themselves from the revelation of God in that situation and witnessing his works and his miracles. The gospel says Christ dissolves doubt. He removes the stranglehold of doubt. And in fact, Christ invites his witnesses to carry our doubts to him and handle him to get a messianic experience with him. So whereas one man was struck dead in the Old Testament for handling the Ark of the Covenant, and you can read that in the story of Uzzah, uh, I believe he was a Levite, under, the, under King David or working with King David, we now can handle Christ, the being in which the law is now kept, and so adjust our doubts. So we're making the, the point that Christ is the the Ark of the Covenant is a prefigure of Christ because the law was kept in the Ark. Now we understand that Christ completely keeps the law in within him, within his flesh. He, in essence, is the, the embodiment of the law, if you want to call it that. And we can touch him and he, he addresses our situations. 
So Christ addresses our doubts uh, and we can bring our doubts to him. Our doubts are addressed by drawing close to Christ and presenting them to his word, that is his flesh. We understand that the word was made flesh, dwell among us the word, the flesh of God. When these men were poking their hands into his, his side and into the holes in his hand, etc., in the New Testament, that is our understanding of that is where we take apart the word of God. We investigate the word of God. We dig deep into the word of God. We can address our doubt. Every doubt has a biblical principle and a Bible verse to address it. Christ is bigger than our mockeries. Christ is bigger than our doubts. He showed that with Sarah, the wife of Abraham, the the patriarch of the Hebrew family, when she mocked him, and Sarah, Sarah Abraham's wife, mocked the, mocked God, and God still gave her Isaac in her old age. someone you know are interested in buying, selling, or investing in real estate in Naples, Florida. Give Rashid Wellesley a call at 239-207-2955. That's 239-207-2955. Man up. It's amazing how normals can be redefined. Metro now the benchmark. And despite being misbehaving, males love being well-shaven. Shiny nails and pubes Brazilian waxed. Although manliness eludes our grasp, a real man mangled by his grandpa's standards. Crafting a, crafting a world filled with moral hazards, a deleterious defection of adverse selection. A man stands fallen with every erection. And it's interesting how things got messed up. It's a man down replacing man up. Males focused on living dressed up. Females left wearing the pants. Women now taking lead in romance and illegal dance proposing to males who then become housekeepers. Poor house sweepers, men even trying to breastfeed, robbing homes of the one thing that it still needs, a man with the DNA of his divine father. His detached scrotum loosely dangles from his wife, who balances husband and kids on top of her life. And all this was doubled over by her menstrual cramps, greeted by the hot flashes as her estrogen dries up. And her man reaches a midlife crisis that sees younger tits make his crotch rise up. And he forsakes his ring because of the serpent's stale lies. His family's bank account declines as his mistresses rise. And it's interesting how things got messed up. His man down replacing man up. Males focus on living dressed up. 
females left wearing the pants. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn. Thank you for coming to the end of another Manliness Rally with us. If you need assistance in implementing and executing or following through on the proposals, on the suggestions, on the hints that we gave you today, we encourage you to visit us at famtfamily.com and to sign up for one of our messianic programs. We also encourage you to join our Facebook family or at our Facebook handle, famtstrong. You can also email us at connect at famtfamily.com. Lincoln encouraging you to have a great day today, crushing effeminacy. Why rob God in this world of you and your family? And until next time, be nuclear.